on TV, online and on your smartphone. This is Ticker News. Here's a question. Why does an Australian telco, famous for having a monopoly on its own infrastructure, want to get into bed with Elon Musk's Starlink? Is this a relationship of convenience or a huge turning point for the whole industry? I'm Aaron Young. Let's find out. Now from our headquarters at Ticker Park, this is Ticker Today. I don't have to tell you this, Australia is obviously huge, right? And it shouldn't come as any surprise that connecting that whole landmass is a really big challenge. So Telstra is pioneering, partnering with Elon Musk's Starlink service to bring better connectivity to regional customers, probably everyone as well. But why? Telstra has been telling us for years that their service is the best network. Let's find out why. Let's bring in Angus Kidman, utilities expert at Finder. Why on earth would Telstra want to get too close to Elon Musk? It is a surprising moment, isn't it? You kind of think, okay, big blue chip company here, like, you know, very staid, very reputable, going off with Musk, who's, you know, very much an iconoclast, makes decisions on the fly. So at first glance, it's surprising. But the reality is it gives Telstra a way of distinguishing itself in the local market because all the services that get sold, whether it's rural Australia or urban Australia, through the MBM, it's the same product. And they just have to try and differentiate a little bit with service. This gives them a way of saying, hey, we've got some different satellites, some better satellites than the ones that NBN have. So for rural users, we can generally offer something that's a bit different. So I think that's the main motivation to get into the partnership. I'm trying to imagine the Telstra bosses in their grey suits with Elon Musk trying to sit down and negotiate this. What do you reckon that was like? And could you imagine that Telstra was a little bit worried about this? Uh, Telstra was definitely a little bit worried about this. It did sort of come out when the news had just emerged earlier this week. Executives were asked, oh, yeah, was that a concern for you? And the response was a kind of guarded, yeah, we had to think about it. It was definitely a little bit of a problem in that area. At the same time, I suppose of Musk's many businesses, Starlink, which is part of the SpaceX consortium, it's actually one of the kind of more reliable and staid ones. Like the service exists, it works pretty well. People know how to use it. So it hasn't, it hasn't really turned into kind of the bonfire that is Twitter. And it hasn't had so many of the extravagant promises we've seen maybe with Tesla, where we're told that, you know, self-driving vehicles were supposed to be here by now, and they're clearly not. So maybe it's kind of, it's a bit less risky than they've done one of those other partnerships. But yeah, I'm sure it still would have been an interesting moment around that negotiating table because being sure that you're going to get what you wanted until you had that signature on a piece of paper, you'd be worried. And even then you'd go, well, we've learned from the Twitter experience, signed contracts aren't necessarily something that Musk worries about too much. So <laughs> I think that, that anyone who's gone out, though, I reckon anyone who's gone out to the country or owns property in the country might be watching this in regional parts of Australia or anywhere in the world have been told for ages that their network, the, the national carrier is fantastic. So in Australia, it's Telstra and they've had, you know, hero pictures of people holding up mobile phones on Uluru. Uh, you know, this is this, this, we own the country where Australia's telco provider, yet the experience is so often so different from the sales pitch. I think about heading down to my family's place uh, in, by the beach and not being able to get any phone reception at their house. They tried to get Telstra in, they tried to get the NBN, it took forever, it was bureaucratic. And then I said, have you tried Starlink? They jump on Starlink, they love Starlink, it sorted out their problems. Did Telstra finally acknowledge they can't beat Elon Musk and they had to just join him. Is this because they couldn't deliver the service? I think that's part of it. I mean, the honest truth is on the mobile front, it's definitely true that they do badly in regional areas. 
Telstra actually hasn't actively participated in that rural satellite market since the NBN rolled out. The satellite NBN is the only area where Telstra is not the dominant player. They really don't sell that service. So if you're in a remote area and you've decided to go with satellite NBN, Telstra will not be the provider that you're working with. So they kind of, as much as they love to market themselves I don't think, that way, I don't think it's actually exciting, yeah. though. I, th I look at people who yeah. are out there and they don't make a decision about what they want, whether they want to go with a hard line or a satellite. They actually aren't really given a choice. Oh, you have no choice. If you're in an area where the only available MBN service is satellite, then you have to go with that. No one gets that choice on the MBN satellite or otherwise. But within that choice, Telstra had actually given up on that market. So this partnership with Musk actually gives them a way of saying, hey, we can get back into this market. We can do that. How will that all play out? I don't know because I think, yeah, all the regional users I've talked to do have that sense of disappointment. Some of them with long memories can remember back to when Telstra was a monopoly and then the service could take months to get in there. So there will be a difficult road to hoe there. The service is good and, yeah, people will potentially enjoy that. But whether people want to buy that from Telstra or whether they'd be just as happy buying it themselves from Starlink directly, which has been an option for a while, and they're currently running a fairly aggressive uh, promotion. Yes, I want to talk yeah. to you about exactly that. I'm a Twitter user, so it is not at all surprising that one of the first ads that pops up on my Twitter feed is Starlink. It's always there all the time, which has allowed me to keep an eye on it. I don't own a property in regional Australia, but it seems to be targeting me anyway. Um, maybe it knows that I've got family that does, but uh, they have been aggressively, in the weeks leading up to the Telstra announcement, it's been super cheap. I mean, it's been like $199 or something like that, down from the usual $800 installation fee of getting it and setting up, etc. Why would they do that, do you think? If they knew that this deal was Tel with Telstra was coming, that's what I'm interested in. Because if you thought that you needed Telstra to sell for you, why would you be so aggressively trying to get ahead of them by reducing your prices before the announcement? Well, I think because there's two different markets they can tap into. The people who've already gone for Starlink are like happy to get it the way you get it now. So they send out the box and you need to set it up yourself. Now, I think if you live in a rural area, I think you're pretty comfortable with the idea that you've got to maintain a lot of those services. You're probably running your own pump. You might be running your own solar batteries as well. So a lot of people will not be stressed about that. But there is a segment of the audience who would like that better service but don't want to set it up. And one of the ways that Telstra is differentiating itself is that it will come and do the setup for you. And that's not something Starlink will do on its own. So I think there's actually two distinct market segments there. And Starlink's a little bit like, hey, if we can go for these people who are entirely our customers and we get to keep everything, let's get those in. And then the people we couldn't get that way, happy to share a little bit of that revenue with Telstra. So I think there's two parallel strategies happening there. Do you know who I think will be hating this, the MBN? I mean, Telstra and MBN's relationship hasn't exactly been fantastic. I mean, Telstra, uh, the MBN essentially became the government re-trying to nationalise the things that Telstra would need to have for the next generation, right? So you can keep your, your, your home phones, you can keep your, your pay phones, you can keep your, your internet lines, but the future is going to be something that we are going to control as a government. That was a decision made back in 2007 with Kevin 07, the Prime Minister at the time who came in saying it, creating essentially not getting Telstra to do it, but getting um, a, a government service to do it that would then have to try and commercialise. There have been something like 10,000 MBN customers who have ditched the MBN across Australia, the National Broadband Network, over the past 10 years at a time, uh, sorry, over the past year, and essentially jumping onto things like Starlink at a time where in the US, the Biden administration is promising to roll out MBN for all and here's money from a national perspective. It feels like the Americans are a bit behind the Australians here. Oh, the Americans absolutely are. Like, the American telco scene is a bit of a debacle, and depending where you live, it can be really bad. Like, I'm not going to make exaggerated claims for how good it is here, but it is much worse 
in locations across the US. So, and yeah, that relationship between Telstra and the NBN has always been feisty. I mean, Telstra made a lot of money out of the NBN being creative because basically you got to sell all that infrastructure um, to NBN and make that as profit. But since then, it's actively looked at trying to disrupt that. So it's heavily promoted 5G in urban areas and said, hey, this could be faster for you than getting onto the NBN. And now the Starlink partnership gives it a way to do that in rural areas where realistically it's not going to spend the money building that 5G infrastructure. It also means it's getting in front of NBN has said it wants to do more satellite stuff. It's looking at low Earth orbit satellites, but why would we you know bother? that that would why not would be you a speed when you've got Starlink? <laughs> <laughs> you know, the whole world. I think the, the biggest lesson from here is that Telstra has said that the biggest issue they face is that the technology is changing so much, right? 4G to 5G was much quicker from 3G to 4G, for example. But then on top of that, the rollout is getting much more expensive and it's happening much quicker. Why do it yourself? Yeah, and I think Telstra has embraced that logic where it used to be, hey, we're putting poles in the ground, we're setting up towers. Now they're much more willing to partner. I guess the reason why maybe you wouldn't want to go that route is comes back to what we said. You're then partnering with Starlink, you're partnering with Elon Musk, and that carries its own risk because you never quite know what's going to come out of it. So none of these strategies are risk-free, whether Telstra's bet turns out to get up more of that market or whether, in fact, it ends up being still very diversified and a bit weird. We're not really going to know until we find out how much they want to charge for it. We haven't found that out yet. Won't know until later in the year. But interesting times ahead, definitely on that front. And it will be interesting to see whether this is another big American company using the database of an Australian company and then eventually saying, see you later. Thanks for that. We can do it ourselves. We're speaking with Angus Kidman. Uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking about some more consumer issues. Do stay with us.